It's She Sheds Real Light with Crystal Fry and Susan Price, and today's episode is paid in full. Okay, girl, we are in the last chapter. I feel like I'm screaming, so I apologize if I am. Turn the volume down. Yeah. Turn it down for me, turn it up for you. Yeah. Um. So we're in the last chapter of this book, It's All Under Control, by Jennifer Dukes Lee. And you guys, this book has honestly made me change my thought perspective so much because as much as I'm like I don't think I have control issues that much anymore I'm like well maybe I do you know and then this last chapter really put a lot it made me think a lot just about like the intimacy with God you know with my therapist I've talked about like intimacy basically in relationships whatsoever and like how to deeper connect your relationship with God and um, we're going to, as always, go through this book. We're going to point out some things that we just loved in this last chapter. 14 called Guaranteed, Plans, Pinnings, and a Promise. Um, and then go through our work study and answer some of the questions, you guys. We hope that you guys have enjoyed this, too, because this book has been so good. Definitely a rereader. Yeah, a re- is that a word? A re- definitely re-read. worth a reread. Yeah, it is, and it's definitely to highlight more because mm-hmm. I feel like I've highlighted so much. Like it's one of those things that I'm gonna need to reread to actually be able to like process it better. I feel yeah. like no, I definitely agree. So first page, I had already highlighted something, and it was like, or it says he has proven himself faithful to his promise. I feel like I forget so much that God has already paid everything in full. Like, I think my mentality is I know that, but I forget it. Like, I forget, like, he has already proven himself. Like, there's nothing for else for him to prove for me. And that's all the other reason that I should trust him and understand that I can't do anything like without him or I can't do anything everything is in his control basically Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that last night about how like he literally took everything for us on the cross and I think we do lose sight of that because um just being like paid in full like my sins were paid in full um he took that for me he took that for you and I, I get overwhelmed thinking about it but the craziest part about it is maybe it's insane I don't know is that I don't think about it on a daily basis yeah. like you said and I'm spending my time almost trying to uh, I don't even know like make things make things happen because I have control issues but at the same time it's like I'm forgetting in the back of my mind and it should be at the front of my mind that he paid it in full on the cross. I don't, I shouldn't have to remind myself of that every day. We should wake up every day knowing, like, first mm-hmm. of all, I have a heart of gratitude, but I thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins so that it, that wasn't me there instead, yeah. you know? It always makes me cry when I think about that. Like, there's a part in this book that I read, and as I read it, tears came to my eyes because it's such a deep, like, it's a, such a deep connection that we sometimes lack so much and I feel like, I feel like I know it. I feel like I'm in relationship with God. I feel like I, I know God. But then there's times in my life where I'm like, do I really? Because I feel like I lack knowing and having something at the forefront of my thoughts all the time. And I know we're human and, and that's just, you know, that's 
our brain function, I guess, because that makes us know we need him versus waking up every day and being perfect. I mean, that would be us being perfect, having Mm -hmm. perfectionism. But, I mean, like, I just, you know, it's just easy to get wrapped up in not remembering those things. But when it really touches you, like, I read something in this last chapter, and it really just touched my heart to, like, think about it and... It hit deep, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, we all need those reminders, you know, because we do 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 we do <laughs> we, we do, do lose sight. We do lose sight of it. I mean, because we are human, we're yeah. perfect humans. Um, and, and that goes right along with the thing that I had highlighted on page two thirty six, where she said, "I didn't realize how far away I'd strayed from trusting God with my whole life." Um, I don't think I realized that until we were going through this study, because, like. I say I trust God, as we've said over and over Mm -hmm. again, but do I really trust God? And now that we've gone through this study and a lot has been brought to light and and pointed out in here, I'm like, absolutely not. I don't trust God. I mean, I just don't. Like, I I do, but at the same time, I don't, if that even makes sense, because I've just strayed. Like, I, I think in any, we like to believe things. And we do believe that he is good and he's faithful to, mm-hmm. to complete his promises. But at the same time, all it takes sometimes is for one difficult situation mm-hmm. to pull us a little bit farther away. Or if we haven't heard from him in a while, we kind of forget that, you know, he is good. He is faithful. Yeah. Um, and, and that we can put our trust in him to pull us through those things. I completely agree. And I, hi- I actually highlighted that too. It's so funny because we actually like highlight and write the same thing sometimes. <laughs> we do. Like, there's our brain thinking alike. It always does. <laughs> We're both crazy. Yep. Um, so I highlighted that, but then a little bit down from that, I highlighted you will never regret time spent with Jesus and mm. you will never regret a decision to trust God. How much truth is behind that? Like, there has not ever been a time in my life that I've not, like, if I wake up and I spend time with God, that I'm I'm going, gosh, why did I do that? Or, like, I say a prayer, or I listen to worship music and I spend time with Jesus in that way. Like, I don't ever think back and go, that was stupid. Like, why did I waste my time doing that? But I surely can think that about, like, looking on my phone yeah. for 30 minutes or not being productive for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or coming home and like just being like whatever you know what I mean like I do I regret I'm like gosh I could have spent my time so much better like why did I do that but there has never been a time in my life that I've been like totally regret spending that time with Jesus like what Mm -hmm. me either what the heck yeah I now think I'm doing it. No, I haven't either. But I, like you said, every day I'm like, oh, why did I do this? Or why didn't? Yeah. Why did I just sit here for an hour scrolling through Netflix only to find nothing to watch, and now I waste an hour that I can't get back mm-hmm. in my life? But you're right. When you spend that time with God or spend that time in worship with Him, there's no regrets there at all. Like, there's no reason to regret it because it's fueling you for the day, you know. And I love that. It's so crazy. Right underneath it, though, it says, During my own journey, I learned that I wasn't a woman to be fixed. Instead, I was a woman who God wanted to redirect. And you took my sentence away. Did I? I'm sorry. Because, <laughs> you know, when I was thinking about that, I even, like, heard somebody say last night, um, "Why I can't worry about why they don't want to be fixed. I have to worry about fixing myself. And in my head, there was a long time ago, and I might have even shared this on the podcast, on the the podcast before but a long time ago there was a a situation and I prayed and prayed God fix this fix this fix this fix this person fix this situation fix this and God so blatantly without speaking out loud and it being audible was like 
there is nothing to fix. This person is a child of mine. Like, I made them perfectly complete. The work has to be done. But there's nothing to be fixed. And so when I read that and it was like, I learned that I wasn't a woman to be fixed. Instead, I was a woman who wanted to be, who wanted to be redirected. I'm going, that's it. Like, I just want to be at his feet. I want to be redirected for the path that he has for me. And that's ultimately what I want for other people too. It's not that I want them to be fixed. I want them to be redirected down the path that God has for them. Yeah. No, I'm guilty of in my prayer time being like, God, I need you to fix this, like you said, for other people, but also for myself, like fix this because obviously I'm broken or this is, this is wrong in my life or like, I need you to fix me. But you're like, what she's saying about just needing to be redirected, like Mm -hmm. he wants to redirect us on the path that he has planned out for us, not the path that we are heading down when it's not from him. And over on the other page, um, at the top of 237, I had highlighted, you, you surrender outcomes, but you don't surrender effort. God will call you to do hard things, and with his spirit pulsing through you, you are more than able. Um, we are call, called to hard and holy things in life, and mm-hmm. it is not easy. Um, and, and he never said it would be easy, but it gave me like peace and um, hope and and just rereading this even though I knew it is that you are more than able because what he calls you to he's equipped you with gosh oh preach that again say it one more time (laughs) what he's called you to he (laughs) has equipped you with I needed to hear it I'm telling you like because sometimes I get so weak and I mean I know it's good to be weak because our we're you know his strength is made perfect in our weakness but sometimes like I don't remember like I am equipped no matter if I'm weak or not like I'm still equipped because God is with me and he's called me to it so easy to forget that though I'm gonna need you to remind me of that Every day from now on. I'll text you. What he's called you to, he's equipped. You is equipped. <laughs> you is equipped, girl. You're equipped, girl. Don't forget it. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, all right, so flip to page 239. And it says, God planted me in a place I never wanted. And that, did you highlight that too? That's the first thing I highlighted. <laughs> It says, God planted me in a place I never wanted, and that's where I found what I really needed. Oh, my goodness. When I read that, I said, how flippin' true is that? Because he really has planted me in so many places I have not wanted. I'm like, God, get me out of this. I did not ask for this. I do not want this. Like, this is not what I planned for my life, Lord. Lord, I planned something different. But honestly, in those instances, being out of those, I've seen that that's what I've needed to like surrender, to be closer to God and all that kind of stuff. But in it, I'm like, no, Lord, uh uh-uh, please remove me. Yep, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to what you were saying and I'm like, he, I'm just thinking of all the times that he's planted me in places that when I'm there, I'm like, this is not where I want to be too you know yeah. like this is not what I had in mind for myself but looking back on it it makes me laugh and I'm like silly girl like that's ridiculous like <laughs> it's not what you had in mind of course it's not because it's not about you it's not about where you want to go or what you want to do or who you want to minister to it's about what God wants for you yeah who he wants you to minister to and where that may take you it could be in another wor- another country where it's poor and your life's in danger or it could be in your own hometown with people you went to school with that may you know, cross fear in your mind of judgment. Like, well, what are they going to think if I do this? You know, like, but it doesn't matter because that's what he's called you to. And and we're supposed to be there doing what it is that he's 
telling us to do in that place he's planting us at. And, you know, further on down, I'd highlight it. It's all under control, but that control is not mine. And how true mm-hmm. is that? Like, we don't have control. We say it all the time. Who, why did we ever think we did? Because we never had it to begin with. And then I love that she said, tend, tend your <laughs> seeds wherever they may fall, my friend. Um, so he's going to plant those seeds, and it's our job to tend to them like the farmer does his crops yep. to make them grow and produce. I highlighted that whole sentence, and then I, it says, you never know what might be growing even now in unexpected places. Mm. Who wants to go to those unexpected places? Who wants to go to that uncertainty? Mm-hmm. I surely don't. But you never know what's happening in those places. But God does. And he knows that you need those places to be as close to him as possible and to live out your calling. And so he's equipped you even in those unexpected places. And we forget that so much. Um, and you're growing through them. Yeah. Growing so much. I ended up... Um, highlighting on 242 when pain and suffering come and they will we learn what we suspected all along he says we finally see not only that we are not in control of our lives but that we never were um yes yes Mm -hmm. and yes i mean seriously i've learned so much that through those um those places that i think that i have control that i'm really not in control Mm mm-hmm yeah, and above that, they said you can't you can't avoid suffering. Um, so you know we have to go through the suffering. We're not in control of those things either. Like we're going to have to suffer in life. Look at Jesus; he suffered on the cross. He suffered through the beating, um, and so we may not want it, but we're not. We're also not in control of that either. Like mm-hmm. that's not up to us. Um, and. I know you went to 242, but I wanted to say something about 240 real quick. Um, she said, I also saw that he didn't move every mountain. He didn't part every sea. He didn't fulfill my every desire. And some of that stings. Um, mm. And that alone right there was, really spoke to me because I'm like, in a season where you're, I think, praying for certain things and you're asking God, like, move this mountain. Help me to get out of this valley. Pull me up to the mountain top." You know, he doesn't always do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're going to have to stay in that valley for a while. And it's just not our mountain to climb. Like, sometimes it's going to have to be a different mountain. And we're just going to have to be okay with that. And even though we desire certain things, that doesn't mean he's always going to fulfill those certain things if it's not what he has in store for us. And if it's not good for us, because it could bring us harm later on if we try to do our own thing. And yes, it hurts. It hurts really bad to know that there are things I desire and I want to happen. But the answer is not always yes from him. Sometimes it's no. And his best no is what's best for me. Yeah, and and she's right. You know, some of that stings, and it, it it makes us ask why, like why God, or it has us questioning, like what is the purpose of me hurting this way? But I do believe in those those four things that she says she likes to remember. But I do believe that um, we we see His control over our lives in those instances, and it's the best for us, like you said. Um, on 243, it says, What God does this, what God in the history of God actually walks with His people through pain, our God. That's who. He did more than walk. He bled. Jesus actually plunged Himself into this world to provide us a real and lasting hope. He didn't simply say some nice words about being with us. He lived it. 
Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say is like, seriously, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and walking this to give me an everlasting hope and for not giving up on me mm-hmm. and for believing in me when I don't believe in myself. Like, thank you for equipping me. Thank you for having control over my life because you know what's best for me. Like, thank I, It just makes me want to give all the thanks in the world that that statement was just like very powerful to me. Absolutely. I'd highlighted some of that too. And it also spoke to me in a different aspect too. It was almost like, you know, we as Christians, we can do all the talking we want to, but if we're not living it out, Mm -hmm. um, then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And so for me, that that stood out to me because I was thinking, okay, well, if he lived it, why can't we? I know yeah. we're not perfect people like he was, but we can still live it out. We can live out a life that's honoring to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and ab- above that, it goes along with what I said earlier. It says the guarantee has never been that we would avoid the valley. The guarantee is that we wouldn't walk through it alone. And just knowing that God is by us through it all, every step of the way, um, even when everybody else disappears and we feel like we're on, on our own fighting. I mean, there's been so many times I'm like, I literally have no one or I feel alone. I feel like I'm in this on my own and no one other, no one else understands it. Mm-hmm. But he does. He knows what that's like. He's there. And you do not have to go through it alone. And that just gives me hope and a peace. Yeah. Um, but it's also something I have to remind myself of daily. Absolutely. Um, the next page, it says... Um, it's right above where it says it is finished, paid in full, or right below it. It says that is the startling truth of the marvelous cross. When we try to add to it, we are saying to Jesus, thanks, but I can do this on my own. I appreciate the agony you endured, but it wasn't quite enough. Um, that kind of hurts my heart because that's true. Like, It's saying, like, I appreciate what you did for me, but I think that I can add more, like, I can do more than you can. What? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm a little crazy for thinking that, like, right? Like, if you put it in that perspective, I'm like, it's true. Like, how can I say, like, thank you, God, for dying on the cross for my sins, and thank you, God, for all of these things, but then I just keep picking it back up Mm -hmm. and trying to do it myself and trying to control it. It's like I'm saying, like, thank you, but it wasn't enough. Like, I I actually have this. I think we're like that, too, because we're people and we're here. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, we don't physically see him here. So it's easier to depend on ourselves to make things happen than on him, which is absolutely insane. But, I mean, it's what we do, you know? Um, Let's see. So for me, I I just went on to page 246, and I highlighted what she said, where today I refuse to be held back chained down, worked up, or shoved ahead. I am committed to God's agenda and God's purposes, and I ask for God's peace so I can pursue God's glory. And then a little bit down, it says, I want the self-control mind of Christ, not the anxious mind of chaos. And I couldn't tell you how true that is because I feel like my life can be, or is currently, complete chaos with just so many different things and going in so many different directions. But if I just allow God um, in and I say, Lord, control my mind, help it to be of you and not not me and the chaos surrounding me. You know. Yeah, I actually highlighted that whole thing because it's such good words. Like she's, you know, at the beginning she says, "I refuse to be held back." Second, I abstain from useless brooding. I yearn to make choices every day that honor God. 
So I come to my Lord weak. I believe in strength for today. Today I stand on those guarantees. To the enemy I say not today saying and not tomorrow either. I'm in firm grip of Christ. To Jesus say I'm counting on you alone. I will keep my eyes fixed on you instead of diverting my focus. Like I feel like if you haven't honestly read that whole part of it or even if maybe we can even snap shot this and like post it or something because that in itself was almost like I want to read that to myself every day because how that's really good like that is what today I want to do that like I want to say those things and I want to believe those things that was that was really good that hit me deep go ahead and just pull it out and put it on your mirror in your in your bathroom yeah I might have to do that yeah yeah so I mean the last thing that spoke to me was she says I refuse to believe I'm missing out on anything when I'm spending time with God and how perfect is that? Like, I think that sums up everything. So, like, let's spend our time with God. Let's yeah. not worry about anything on the outside, what we're missing out on. Let's stop with the control issues and just really trust Him to take the driver's seat and let Him lead us. Truly, how do you have FOMO, <laughs> fear of missing out, when you're spending time with God? Because, like it says, I've not ever regretted spending time with him you know and so like I don't feel like that's a possibility like you spend time with him and you'll be pleasantly surprised at the strength and what you have to go on and move forward in your week ahead but all right let's go to our workbook and on page 86 we're going to start the question is were you able to take time for rest this week share something about how you incorporated rest into your week so, over the weekend, we went away, and honestly, I'm like a, such a planner. We've talked about this before, but I like to plan, like, we're going to go here, we're going to do this, like, whatever, and like, I have everything booked out, but I didn't do that this weekend, and I still kind of just, I just like went by the flow, and one morning, my husband and son got up and went and ate breakfast, and I was like, I think I want to let you guys go do that. Like, I, I'm going to go get something across the street once you get back before we go, but I laid in bed and just kind of laid there by myself and listen to worship music and honestly like that was good rest for my soul like just being still in a place like normally I would be go 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 on um and so I think that and then I I want to say like yesterday I was really able to rest in God's presence and be still with him in my day um in my morning before I started the day and that makes a world of difference if you can start it off that way Mm -hmm. um I said instead of spending time, or instead of spending my Saturday running around, I stayed at home with my kids with no agenda, and I took time to read my Bible throughout that day. Um, We literally had nothing to do. It was the first Saturday, and I couldn't tell you how long, and we just did nothing. Like, we had no agenda. When we were ready to eat, we ate, but other than that, like, we didn't make any plans. We just kind of hung around the house and took it easy that day, Mm -hmm. and I was able to spend more time in my Bible because I wasn't rushing around, and of course, you know, I spent time with them, but then I I went away quietly on my own to be able to do those things, too. Yeah, that's good. Um, Moving along to 87, um, it says... While it's true that God wants us to live self-controlled lives by making moral and healthy choices, I was missing a key point about self-control. Read the list directly before this paragraph again. Underline the first words in each statement, which identifies the person trying to do all the work. And I just said, it's me. 
<laughs> I try to do it all. Me, 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 me. You know? That's what I said, too. I was like, I try to do all of God's work instead of letting God do his work himself. And it gets in the way of what's supposed to happen. So, it's yes. not a good not a good look for me. Me either. <laughs> all right. Page 88. It says, when you consider the word self-control, what thoughts come to mind? How would you define it? I said, when I think of self-control, I think of controlling my actions um, the way I treat others. Um, but I also, when I think of self-control, I also think about discipline, being disciplined in the word, being disciplined with who I am in God. I just, um, I think that those are the two things. And then down below it, we'll just go ahead. As I mentioned earlier, the Greek word for self-control is, I don't even know how to say that, in karisha. Is that right? Encourage, <laughs> which means true mastery from within. On a scale of one to ten, how much mastery do you feel like when it comes to self control? Are you highly impulsive, highly self controlled, or somewhere in between? I actually said that I feel like I'm like in between a six and a seven, but more, <laughs> but more, but more a seven because I do feel like I'm very, very disciplined in some like some things, but I think I can like fall short at other times. We're the same person. What's wrong? <laughs> I literally circled six, put a parentheses by a seven, and put an arrow pointing to the seven. I did too! Look, look, look! Stop it. <laughs> Something's wrong with us. Like, we got, like, our minds are wired the same. It's the craziest thing. Oh, my goodness. I did the same thing. That is really weird. So weird. So strange. Oh. <laughs> That's why we're friends. This is why. This is why. In case y'all were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, when what comes to mind for me in defining it was uh, controlling my behavior or even my diet at times. I was talking a little more personal for myself. But um, I said controlling the things I say or do and being cautious about what I consume. I now know it's giving it over to God and letting him work. Um, you know, self-control. I know that we could have a broad range of self-control. But like you said, I love what you said about discipline. Like, being disciplined in you know in our walk with Christ and in our our attitude and our behavior and you know all of all of life in general, um, I, I think that's the difference is being disciplined and not in control. I think there's a huge difference there. Yeah. Um, so moving along, it says think about areas of your life where you struggle to maintain self control. Consider your food, drink, behaviors, and anger. Think about how you use your free time. In what areas do you feel like you need more self control? Um, and so I said my food and diet, my anger, my attitude, and my schedule, um, to stop wasting time on things that hold no value or real purpose in my life and put more of my focus on God and what he would have me do in my life. As you were sitting there talking, I thought about like how sometimes I get so overwhelmed and I'm like, I've got so much to do, but truthfully, like if I didn't waste my time so much doing other things that I probably wouldn't be overwhelmed because I would have those things done. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, whose fault is that? It's really nobody else's fault but my own because I should be more self-controlled and disciplined to do what I need to do first and then do what brain you know like do those other things afterwards and then I wouldn't be so overwhelmed so mm -hmm. I need to be better about that but I said phone usage at times sodas because I really like um <laughs> uh, Dr. Pepper Zeros which is really good and I probably shouldn't drink them like that what a day. I said TV because sometimes like 
I probably watch more TV than I probably should, especially when we're going to, like, bed at night. Like, I should probably cut it off. My husband says all the time, like, Crystal, just cut the TV off because I can fall asleep with it on, and he can't. So then he'll get, like, wrapped up on the show and not go to sleep until 1 o'clock, and I'll be over there, like, snoring because I'm, like, asleep in 30 minutes. Like, I can go to sleep. So probably that. And then I said definitely shutting down when it comes to, like, when somebody hurts me or I am in confrontation, like, the first thing I do is, like, shut down instead of actually communicating. And so I'm really trying to be better about that. You've been good. You're working on it. It's a work in progress. Yeah, I'm trying. But I can find myself doing it sometimes, and I'm going, it's just because I don't, it's like, I feel like in those moments, if I talk, it's all going to come out wrong because it's all like all these thoughts are going through my head and it's a bunch of like gibber. Like I don't even know how to process it. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to this about my therapist. But I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't even know how to process it. And so if it comes out and I don't know what I'm thinking, it's going to be like I'm putting that on somebody else and like I don't even know what it is. So they're going to be like, what the heck? I don't know what it is either. You know, yeah. so I just, that's what's hard for me to, sometimes I'm just like, I just need to process all this because I don't want to say anything ugly, and right now I'm kind of thinking ugly, you know? Yeah. I, I think know. sometimes, though, we need other people to help us process things. I know it's Yeah, like, that's true. I know we, we got to wait for God, and we got to, you know, know what we're doing is best, but at the same time, I do, I do think that God provides us with other people in certain situations where they can help us process things in a different way that we may not look at it. No, I agree. You're right. Um, the next question is, I'm guessing that if you are aware of your weaknesses, you've already tried various method- methods for negating those unhealthy impulses. If your issue is food, you may have tried certain diet plans. If your issue is anger, you've perhaps taken an anger management course. There are many self-help books, methods, and techniques by which we can gain mastery over our impulses. How have these methods worked for you? How have they helped you? How have they failed you? Um, so I said therapy. Therapy has been really good for me because I've been able to talk through like why I do those things such as shutting down. And a lot of it comes from my childhood and it stems from like that's my protection mechanism from like the way that I grew up. But it's also my protection mechanism for what I went through in adulthood, early adulthood. And so I've kind of like walked through that. But also I've read there was a phenomenal parenting book that I read one time and I wish I would have read it when like my kid was much much younger but it helped it helped me I was always like totally against parenting books like everybody's kids different like how is this parenting book gonna like really affect me because everybody's child is so different but it just gave such good resources and it was really real and obviously you guys like us to be real like I want to read something that's real too and so I would say books and then I would say how have things failed you I don't know how to answer that one (laughs) did you answer that yeah well so uh, did I answer that I said so for me I, I did go with like my uh, eating behaviors I said diet pills I didn't starving myself um I, it helped until I stopped only to lose control and gain more weight back than I'd lost like it was ridiculous and so it's like yeah diet pills work starving yourself works but the minute you decide to start eating again and yeah. stop taking the pills or stop you know whatever you're doing you put the weight back on and then some. And then it's even harder to get it off next time. You're just messing your body up. And so for me, I, I went through that on and off, on and off. Um, and, and every time I would lose control. And then yeah. I would try to gain that self-control back again by starving myself yeah. or taking diet pills. It was just a never-ending process. Um, and so I said, you know, I know I have to include God in all that I do for success. Um, and so... 
anything in life like we have to make sure we're inviting him in and so for me I never looked at it as an aspect of okay God I need you I need you to help me stop craving this food or this junk yeah these sweets and I need you to help me get out and be more active and then for me I read a book it was uh, made to crave I want to say it was Lisa Turkhurst Mm-mm, I've never heard of it really good yeah um that one helped me a lot um it just put things into perspective and then I did a first place which was a um a Christian program too for for diet um but not just diet it was just like healthy living and it really does work because it includes God in every area of it um so let's see here page 90 at the top says how does the idea of powerlessness strike you today as you consider areas where you lack self-control how might the admission of your powerlessness be helpful as you begin to live a more self-controlled life i feel like we're at 12 stones right now yeah i know i said knowing god has all the power so step back and let him do what he's going to do if i admit i can't do it on my own things will go much better I thought the same thing when I was reading this. I was like, okay, I feel like I'm at 12 stones because how do you admit that you're powerless and that you have no control? So it's basically like one of those questions. But I just said knowing and trusting in God's power. When I am powerless, truly I'm starting to believe more and more. Like when I'm weak, his strength is made whole. And so like I want his strength over my weakness. So the next question we're going to do is on page 94. And it says, where in your life do you need to pray this prayer? Not my will, but yours be done. How hard is it to pray that prayer today? If it is difficult, why is that? Um, I don't feel like it's hard for me to pray it. I feel like it's hard for me to want it and believe it. Because I can pray it and I can say things all day. But do I actually believe, like, do I really want his will and not my will? Mm -hmm. I mean, I do in certain instances, but then some instances I'm like, I want something to be done now, and it's not going to be done now, and so I have to wait, and then I have to continue to pray, and so that's when I want to pick that self-control back up. So that's why it's difficult is because things don't happen on my terms. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to let God to work. So it's easy to pray it, but it's another thing to actually, like, believe it when you pray it and allow that to be the truth. Absolutely. We'll pray and, you know, we have to wait. And as humans, we want it a right now fix. And I am guilty for, yeah, I pray it and I leave it in his hands, but I take it back and I try to do it on my own. And then what are we doing? I think we've mentioned this throughout this study. We're delaying the process. We're delaying the miracle of what he's trying to do in our lives. Um, So for me, I just said, you know, my kids, my job and plans that I have, whether it be, you know, within ministry or hobby or, or whatever on the side that it is that I'm wanting to do. Um, those are the things that I really need to let God just have his way with and let him provide what it is he wants me to do. Yeah, that's good. All right. 96. Yet the word of self is in self-control for a reason. Why do you suppose that is? <laughs> I say because we get to make the choice of who we will allow to control our lives. We choose to give it to God and not take matters into our own hands. So basically, like, the choice is up to us. We get to choose, is it going to be us mm-hmm. or are we going to let God? Yeah. I said because it's either what we are in control over as ourselves. So basically, like, we are in control over some things, like, such as our attitudes or the way we respond or stuff like that. So we have to have our own self-control over that. But are we also recognizing letting ourself go to actually be able to submit to God? So part of us has to be in control over our actions and over the way we speak and over our minds as far as, like, 
the way we treat people, all those things, but we also have to learn how to let self go so that we can actually submit to who he is. Mm, That's good. Um, That was the last question, guys, and that means that it is the end of our study. I'm kind of sad. I mean, that was a lot of fun. I feel like there's still more to learn, so I'm like, can we get a part two? (laughs) Yeah, uh, Jennifer, not not part two. two. Uh, It's all under control. It's still not all under control. Can you do that, please? Um, So we've had a good time doing this. Uh, We hope that you guys have, and we hope that you guys have learned a lot from this as well. And let us know if you guys want us to do another study, because it's been fun. We've learned a lot from it. Um, But we want to hear more feedback, too. Yes. What did you learn from this study? We haven't had a whole lot of feedback this time. I know it's because everybody's busy. Yeah. But, like, we would love to hear on this post, what did you learn from this? Like, what was your top favorite thing? And if you have a few, what's your top three favorite things that spoke to you the most? How did Jennifer's words speak and resonate with you? Resonate. How did they resonate? (laughs) How's that resonate with you? Are they resonating? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How are they resonating with you? That's good. So, thank you guys so much for joining us. We love you guys. We will talk to you next week. Yes, but wait. What? We have a surprise for the ne- the, the next one. But wait, are we telling them now? We're not telling them. We're just oh. saying you're going to want to tune in next week <laughs> because we have a pretty big surprise. It's like a season finale or grand premiere. Is it a grand premiere? Oh, yeah. No, it would be a season finale. Yeah. It's the season finale. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. She shots <laughs> On next week's podcast, she sheds real light. Join us for season. the seizing, seizing, <laughs> the seasoning okay. of the chicken. <laughs> was hilarious. Okay, tune in next week because we got a surprise for y'all. It's a season finale, guys. Season finale. We'll Love talk. you. Talk to you next week. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.